This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Steve Vickers in Christian Life Church in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit ChristianLifeChurch.com. We're talking about winning at life. Since today, Super Bowl, and we're uh, looking at our people will be watching football. It's a big day, considered the largest sporting event in the world on an annual, uh, annually. Uh, winning at the game of life. How do we win at life? You know, everyone really wants to win at life. I've been, I don't know how many nations all over the world. Um, and of course, most of them third world nations, but I've been a number of places in Europe. We've ministered in uh, every continent. Uh, and what I've found, no matter the situation, no matter where people are, there is something in all of us that we really want to win at life. If you're out living in a refugee camp in northern Uganda, having that they, where they flee, had to flee the uh, genocide and the persecution there, uh, they want to win. Now, their idea of what winning means is totally different probably than what your idea is. But I don't care where people are. We've sat with uh, some of the wealthiest people in America, and, and they want to win at life. No matter who you are and where you are, there's something within us that we want to win. And I love what Tasha's doing because Tasha's helping to stir that up within us because God put that into us to want to win at life. Now, the idea of saying, I want to win, you know, it, it goes without saying there's an understood meaning there. There's something, you know, when you say something, it, it states a lot about it. And winning means there's going to be a battle, does it there? There's something, there's adversaries, there is competition. There is going to be something that's going to try to keep you from winning. In other words, it's going to be you're going to win or someone else is going to win. Are you with me? And of course, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but it is against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and wicked spirits in high places, what you would call maybe demons or devils. But there are forces of evil. We're not talking Star Wars where the force is with you in the dark side and all that. But there is a force of evil. There is a world of darkness. There is a kingdom of darkness that is working against you and I to keep us from winning at life. And you know... It's, it's got, yes, it's got this great big, you know, uh, worldwide plan and everything, but that worldwide plan works down to you and me in our lives. And the enemy is always working against us to keep us from winning. So there's got to be something in us. Like Tasha said, we need people like Tasha that help stir up that fight within us to cause us to, so that we don't quit fighting the battle of life. We don't quit on the game of life. We stand back up and get back in the game and win. You know, none of us are afforded the opportunity to sit on the sideline in the game of our life. You know, you're playing first string as you. You know, you are the quarterback. You're the one that's got to be in there. You say, no, God's the quarterback. Trust me, God's going to give you the ball, and he wants you to do something with it. Now, here's what I have found. I have found, you know, some people say, well, you know, uh, like especially when I go overseas in third world countries, they say, because you're from America, everything's easy for you. And I know dealing with a lot of our pastors in different nations where we work with pastors, uh, they will say, well, you're an American. It's all easy for Americans. I said, listen, we American pastors deal with the same things you deal with. 
It may be at a different level, but it's the same thing. We still have to believe God for finances. We have to believe God for his work in our life. We have to believe God to be able to do what uh, we do. And many times people think, well, because you were born in a certain situation or because you're a certain place, because you're because you're a man, because you're white, because you're uh, black, because you're this, because you're that, because you live over there, because you were born on that side of town, whatever it may be, or because you got to go to that school, everything's going to be easier for you. Well, let me say, there are circumstances that can create opportunities and afford us maybe some more opportunities in life. You and I living in America have been afforded opportunities that most of the world doesn't even understand. They cannot even relate to. They don't know what we're, they have no concept of the opportunities we have here. Really, when you look at a lot of the hatred of America in different places of the world, we're not, and when I say that, we're not hated all over the world, but where there are pockets of people of, in, of groups that hate us like in, in certain areas of the world where they want to destroy America and they've sworn to destroy America. Do you know what? It's not because of uh, ideals. It's not because of a lot of different things. You know what it is? It's because of the fact that you and I have so much opportunity and they don't feel like they have it. And so they have decided we got afforded some unfair opportunity and they want to destroy it. But now listen to me. We, we can see that in nations, but also you see it in people. I see it in people all the time where that a person, instead of taking responsibility for their own life, they want to blame everybody else that has it better. And they're jealous of this one that gets a raise or that one that this happens to. And they're angry. And let me tell you, my friend, that never solves the problem. Because listen to me. At the end of our lives, all of us, at the end of our lives, our life will be the sum total, not of the opportunities we had, or the circumstances we lived in, but of the choices we made. And where we are today, it is, it is the result of our choices in life. Now that's a very, that can be depressing, but it can also be a very empowering statement, Bunny, because if a wrong choice can get me in trouble, a right choice can get me out of trouble. Are you listening? If a wrong choice got me where I am, a right choice can get me where I want to go. And that's where you went, Tasha. You made a choice to not limit you anymore. You took, you know what you did? You went in the phone booth and became Supergirl, Superwoman. I'm telling you, you did, and it's powerful. Isn't it amazing? The amazing potential that God, God has put in every individual. And I know you're going to raise your daughter to believe that. And see, she'll go f- wonderful places. Because when that is unleashed in somebody, the fact that I can make a choice and change my life by a choice 
I want you, uh, in Deuteronomy, we're going to look there for just a moment. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, God makes a powerful statement. Moses is telling us what God says. And this is, God says this through Moses. God says, today, everybody say today. All right, here's what we're going to do. I want you to stick your finger out like this. You ready? Get your finger out there. Come on, no cheating. We're in church. Put your finger out there, and we're going to make a check mark. All right, you just say, today is a new day in my life. Things change today because... I decide, I decide. They, will. they will. All right, check it off. All right, you've checkmarked today. Now listen what he says. Today, everybody say today. today. Check it again. There you go. Today I have given you the choice. God Almighty says, today I give you the choice. Curtis, you've got a choice. You didn't have to come to this church. You didn't have to give your life to God, to Jesus. You don't have to show up every Sunday for God to do a work in your life. But you made a choice. And God's got you on a new course because you made the choice. God would have done it a long time ago, but you had to make the choice. And you know what? That choice has changed your destiny. See, our life swings on the hinge of choice. Like a door swings on a hinge, our life swings on the choices we make. God says, today I have given you the choice between, now listen to this. He doesn't say between right or left, between vanilla and chocolate, between a hamburger and a hot dog. Listen what he says. Today I give you the choice, folks, we're not talking about little bitty stuff here, between life and death. Do you know what? You're either going a direction of death and the attitudes you have that you've chosen to have. You know, I can have feelings, but I choose whether I'm going to let those feelings direct my life. Listen, have you ever felt like slapping somebody at the counter? (laughs) Nobody knows what I'm talking about. I'm with you, Tasha. I love being transparent. You know what? Confession's good for the soul. It sets you free, doesn't it? When you cleanse it out, you don't have anything to hide. Have you ever felt like you've been talking to somebody or been somewhere and, you know, or maybe in a group and somebody's saying all this stuff and they're babbling all their great wisdom and you realize how stupid it is and you would like to just walk over there and slap them? You know, like they they say, have you got anything to say? Yeah, I want to slap the fire out of you. I think you're the stupidest thing I've ever met, you know? You ever felt that way? But you don't always do it, do you, Felicia? No. When you were my secretary and I would be saying something, you might have had those thoughts, but you didn't do it, did you? (laughs) No. See, what does that mean? I can have feelings. I can have feelings doesn't mean I have to do and act and let them control my life. All right? I can choose to turn around and walk away. Now, you know, that's why I like that 
when I'm listening to a television station or a radio station, all I got to do is change the channel. That's why I'm glad, you know, I can tune people out. I can turn away. I can direct my thoughts somewhere else. If I'm in a place where I can't get away from the conversation that's actually, you know, very stupid or ridiculous, I can turn myself around. I don't have to give in to it. I don't have to submit to it. What I'm saying is this, my friend. We all have feelings. We all have feelings. Sometimes they're good, but a lot of the time they're not. And the wonderful thing is they don't have to direct my life. I can feel like I'm no good, but I can, I can choose to say to myself, oh, yes, I am. I can feel like I have no value, but I can choose to say to myself, oh, yes, you do. Listen, God has put a value on you and he showed you at the cross. He showed you at the cross. And listen, if God is for you, who cares who's against you? Who cares? You know what? Everything that I've ever tried to do, there weren't a whole lot of people cheering on my sidelines. As a matter of fact, there was a lot of people saying, what in the world are you doing? When we started this church, I had two people believed in it. Two people most of my family said, what are you doing? I had two people that believed in us that were here. That was Denise and John Varner. We're the only two people that believed in what I was, we were going to do. We had most Christians, all these Christians and all of my friends were against me and saying, You're, that's stupid. You can't do that. You'll never make it. You'll never succeed. You're gonna, you can't, you don't have it. You can't do it. But you know what? I believe God wanted us to. I believe God had said something. And Denise believed in me. And I've always told Denise, as long as I know that you and God believe in me, I think I can do anything. But when I feel like they don't, it does affect me. <laughs> but now listen, God says, today I give you, I've given you the choice between life and death. My friend, change your attitude. Make the choice to believe in yourself today. Make the choice to decide my life is good. Listen, not that your circumstances are good, but that your life in the midst of that is good. Are you with me? Because here's what I found in life. It's never all good and it's never all bad. Life is a swirl. It's like chocolate vanilla swirl, like this church. <laughs> Life is a swirl. It's got good and bad in it, girls. You're not going to, I mean, you're in Wellsprings, you leave Wellsprings, life is going to hit you in the face. There'll be those that will be for you and there'll be those who will be against you. You believe me? Yes, sir. Do you believe me? Yes, sir. You do? Yes, sir. Come here, sweetheart. Oh, come on. What's your name? Jennifer? Yes, sir. All right, Jennifer. A lot of hurts, aren't there? Hold that. Let me just pray for you. It's all right. This is all new. Just close your eyes. Father, I pray over Jennifer. I thank you, God, the scales are coming off of her eyes, off of her heart. And God, I thank you that the past, I declare and I see the blood of Jesus washing the past away. And the word of God is taking root in her heart. Devil, you no longer own her. You no longer have power over her life. You, she does not belong to you anymore. 
She belongs to Jesus. And I declare before this people, she is marked by God. I thank you, God, that angels watch over her. Amen. There's new things happening in your life, sweetheart. All right, now. So God says, today I've given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Well, isn't that something that God's, we say, when are things not go right for me? Why is my life this way? He said, choose. 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 Here's what I found. When I have a stinking attitude, when I am all oh, just jacked up about the way things are and about my attitude about everything, good things just don't come to me. Good, they just don't. You know what? You don't get God to feel sorry for you by acting pitiful. See, some of us are manipulative and our, that's the way we get things, by manipulation. So we act pitiful so that because we have no confidence in ourselves and we have no self-value and our self-esteem is so low that we've got to act pitiful and make people feel sorry for us and that's the only way we can get something. But you know, pity doesn't draw anything. Value does. Nobody values you more than you value yourself. He says, today I've given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and cursings. All right, everybody do this. Say it with me. Today, Today, I choose life. life. And I choose blessings blessings in my life life. this day day. and every day day. the rest of my life. Here's what God says. I call on heaven and earth to witness, to be a witness of the choice you just made. That's what the Bible says. Oh, that you would choose life, that you would, and your descendants might live. You know what he tells us? The choices I make will affect those that follow me. Will affect those that follow me. So we make a choice. And you have the power to choose. And as soon as we can, I'm going to get Denise to teach on a Sunday about the power of choice. Because I can teach it, but she's got a revelation on it. And you need to. Sometimes. Because it's a powerful thing. God told her it's the most powerful thing I've given you is the power of choice. So let me real quickly, I want to give you seven principles now, I'm going to actually give you a little more than that, but because I told the guys seven, we're going to stick with seven, and then I'll fudge a little bit. <laughs> My brakes won't work quite as well, and I'll skid on past seven. But let's give seven, because that's what they've got up there. What does it say? Read it out loud. Okay, now, we said choice is at the center of it. So I'm going to give you some things to choose, all right, because There's no magic in these. You've got to choose to do them. You've got to choose to apply them. But you've already made the choice, haven't you? Let's do it again. All right. If you get up tomorrow and you're not, you're kind of like, oh, no, just go. All right. Okay, here we go. Seven principles. I'm going to run through these pretty quickly because... 
I've got somewhere I want to go. Number one, in the message I'm talking about. Also, I didn't eat breakfast this morning, so no. <laughs> Number one, decide where you are going in life. Okay, here's the situation. Here's the thing I see with a lot of people, young people especially, listen to me right now. Make a decision where you want to go in life. You say, I'm afraid. Well, that's even more reason to make a decision. Because listen, be afraid of not deciding more than wrong, a wrong decision. God told me years ago, he said, son, the most dangerous place in your life is the place of indecision. He said, when you're in a place of indecision, you're in the devil's territory. And he said, I can't help you there. And he said, so make a decision. And he said, if it's the wrong decision, I can help you. But if you don't make a decision, you've tied my hands. And he said, you've released the devil to do what he wants to in your life. And he said, when you're in a place of indecision, the devil will direct your steps, not me. I just said a mouthful. So, make a decision. You say, what if it's a wrong decision? You will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. You know, that scripture was given not for people going the right way, for people going the wrong way. If you're a God, if you make a decision and it's the wrong one, you're going to hear a voice. All of a sudden, something's going to say to you, Joe, this isn't right because you're in a place of decision in your life. And the thing you want to do is not say, well, I'm not sure, I'm not sure, I'm not sure. Go ahead and say, okay, to the best of my ability, this is what seems right. And as soon as you put your hand on it, if it's wrong, you'll know. See, some things, sometimes knowing what not to do is as good as knowing what to do. Because it eliminates options. Are you with me? Okay, so decide where you're going in life. Make a decision. This is where I'm going. Okay. I'm 66 years old. I'll soon be 67. All right. Now, I'm still, I'm not... I'm not on cruise control. I'm not saying, okay, now life. I'm making where I'm decision. Where do I want to go in five years, 10 years? Believe it or not, 20 years. Yes. And beyond. I'm looking. Where do I want to go? What do I want to be? Where do I want to arrive? I'm thinking about where do I want to be when the end comes? I'm not going to sit back and see where life takes me. Because if I do, if I give over control, if I let life be the driver, it'll take me where I don't want to go. I'm not about to sit in the back seat. Life is not a taxi ride. Life is not a bus ride. Life is you driving. And if you don't drive, the wrong people will. So decide where you're going. Young girls, listen to me. You young ladies. When I say girls... At my age, every woman say, girl, I mean nothing belittling, all right? Some women get very offended at that. All right, but uh, <clears throat> you've, right now, you're coming out, but God never takes us out unless he's got some place to take us in. See, the reason God takes us out is because he wants to bring us in. And so God's got some place for you. He's got something for your future. And this is for everybody. For all of us. 
All right? So make a decision. You say, what if it's the wrong one? That's all right. God's bigger than our wrong decisions. All right? So make a decision. Decide where you're going in life. What do you want in life? Have you ever sat down and say, this is what I want in life? You ought to write it down. Decide, this is what I want in life. And don't, ladies, listen. Don't say, I don't have a choice. My husband makes all the choices. That's foolish. That's foolish. I want Denise to make choices. Now listen, obviously we're married and at some point in the, in the game here, we have to compromise because marriage is compromise. Relationships are compromise. It's not my way or the highway. If it's my way or the highway, she's on, I'm on the highway and she's going her way. And all the way ladies said... Amen. That's right. Okay. No, it's the two of us together. A helpmeet called alongside, not under my feet, not over my head, alongside, together. And you know what? I won't, I know Denise has some desires about the future. And you know what? God does too. And somewhere in this mix of what I want and she wants, there's a perfect place for us. If I go your way, we will. No. <laughs> Baby, my choice is you. All right. But listen, decide where you're going. Decide what you want in life. Write it down. Write down. This is what I want in life. Now listen, I know some of you are so religious that, oh, I don't want anything. Well, only a dead person doesn't want anything. That's not Christian. That is checking out. That's passing the buck. That's refusing to stand up and take responsibility. You say, yeah, but I want God to be in control. Well, here's the way God's in control. You got to act it out. God will be the coach, but you got to play the game. Are you with me? You know, uh, <clears throat> Tony Dungy, one of my favorite uh, coaches of all time. I love Tony as a coach, and I love him as an individual. He's written a book. You ought to get it. Uh, he and his wife about marriage. He's a great, great role model for any human being. But Tony, when he, coached, uh, the, uh, uh, when he was coaching the Colts there, he didn't get out on the field when they were losing and start playing the game. He, you know, when they were in trouble, he didn't run out on the field and take over. That's what we expect God to do, though. We sit there and say, where is God? Where is God? What if Peyton Manning, when he was playing quarterback and Tony was the coach, what if Peyton just stood there and wouldn't call the play? Where is God? Where is Tony? Where is Tony when we need him? He had told him to play. Do something. God's given us his word. He's given us his spirit. Do something with it. Can you say amen, Rosa? Amen. I'm telling the truth. So you got to decide where you're going to go in, in life and what you want in life. Number two. Goodness, I said I was going to hurry through. Make sure you're aiming at the right target. You know, it's no good to hit the wrong target. So what if you hit the bulls? I'd rather be close on the right target than bullseye on the wrong one. I'd rather miss the, wrong, the right target than hit the wrong. So what is the right target? Listen, you will never succeed where you are not gifted. Make sure that what you're trying to do in life, your dream, your desire, where you're going, 
is really where God gifted you and where you're, you know, where, don't limit yourself. Don't limit me, but also be real. Number three, develop yourself continually. You know what? I, I've been in ministry over 40 years, but you know, I still consume everything I can find on ministry, on church, on pastoring. On, uh, but I read the word all the time, but I'm also developing myself. I'm, I'm de- learning everything I can. I believe that that's an important thing. I believe it's great. Always develop this. Never quit improving. Always ask yourself, how can I be better? I want to pastor people that want to be better. I want to pastor men that want to be better men, better husbands, better fathers, better employees, employers. I want to pastor women that want to be better mothers, better women, better ladies, better wives, better examples, better company owners or better employees. I want people that are be better, especially in our character. Character will take you further than anything else in life. Number four, be disciplined. Be disciplined. God created us to govern ourselves. The word govern means it, it can, discipline come, is a part of government. It, government means to channel The word government literally means to channel. God made us to be self-governing or to self-channeling, to be self-disciplined. Discipline yourself. And I need to, dear Lord. (laughs) Undisciplined people always end up as failures. Number five, be careful of distractions. Be careful of distractions. This is one of the enemy's most effective weapons. When I was taking, learning to fly, I use that a lot, but flying to me, flying and, and football relate to life a lot. Um, when I was taking flying lessons and they were teaching me, they would do things to get me distracted. Uh, I remember one of the instructors dropped something and he said, can you get that for me? And I reached down to get it and boy, did I get an earful. He said, your number one responsibility is to pilot the airplane." And he said, if something falls, let it. Just don't let this plane fall. And uh, you know what? Distraction. Don't be distracted. How many reports have we read about, uh, or I've read about in the NTSB, the National Transportation Safety Board, about aviation accidents. And it was because the pilots being distracted and not doing what they need to do. The guy, the golfer, what was his name? Payne Stewart that died. You know what it was? The co-pilot was distracted, didn't do a simple thing, and it took the lives of everyone on board. Distractions can kill us in life. Don't get distracted. Guys, don't let another woman distract you. Women, don't, don't let distractions get you. Stay focused. Never feel failure. Number six, never fear failure. Look failure in the, in the eyes in the face and say, I do not fear you. Because failure shouts at us. And you know, fear is an illusion. And failure is powerless unless we give it power. Failure is a part of life. The only people who never fail are people who never try. Number seven, refuse to quit. Refuse to quit. Don't quit. 
Now, let me qualify that. There are some things we need to quit. To keep doing something that's not working, quit. To keep going a direction where there's no blessing, quit. I remember years ago, a pastor sat in my office and he said, I said, what can I help you with? He said, I just need, give me some wisdom. He said, I was praying and he said, God, he said, I just felt like God said, go see Steve Vickers and and what, are, and, and what he tells you, just do it. And so I felt, when he said that, I thought, whoa, I better be careful what, my, what I say. And he started, I said, well, what's the deal? He said, we, my wife and I, we started a church in this town. We've been laboring. We've been doing everything we need to know to do. He said, I, she works. I work several jobs. We're doing all we know to do. We pay all the church bills. He said, we're doing all the church work. And he said, nobody comes. And those that come, they won't do anything. And he said, yes, I'm doing anything. And he said, nothing works. And he said, I said, is God, where is God in all this? He said, that's what I wonder. And I said, man, go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated. And he said, oh, you're starting to set me free. I said, let me tell you, Jesus said, if they don't receive you. And I said, you know what the word receive that he used meant in in the original language? I said, it meant this. I said, the closest thing I can tell you is when the little lady and the said to her husband, when the prophet walked by every so often, she told her husband, I want you to build, a, we're going to build a room for that prophet. I said, that's the same thing that that word receive means, that they build a place in their life for you and your ministry and what God does through you. And they build a place in there and they provide for you. Because the, the Bible says a minister is to live from the fruit of the ministry. All right. And I said, you're Working several jobs. Your wife's working a job. Y'all are taking all the money. You pay the bills. Y'all have no, you're broke. And nobody's wanting to do anything. I said, walk away. I said, tell those people, God bless you. Go find a place. And I said, go somewhere. And I said, there's a place where the blessing of God is waiting on you. I said, there's a people waiting on you. Now go find it. And he said, praise God, this is wonderful. Well, sometime later, I called to check on him. And I said, what are you doing? He said, we're still here. And I said, why? He said, I just didn't have the courage. That leads to my next point. You know, you don't want to quit. You got to be courageous to stand through things that you know are right that you know is what you're supposed to do and you know is God. You got to stand for that. It takes courage. But sometimes it takes courage to quit when you know it's wrong. This isn't it. Don't destroy your life, your mate's life, and your finances to prove your point because the only thing you're going to prove is that you're not very, very bright. All right? Know when to quit. What, is it, uh, the, what did uh, Kenny say? Know when to hold them and know when to fold them. All right. Know what now? Know when to walk away and know when to run. Know when to walk away and know when to run. Oh, in other words, sometimes you got to run. 
Are you trying to tell me something? <clears throat> yeah, he is, because it's getting close to the hour. All right? Uh, you got to be courageous. You got to, don't quit on everything, but know when it, to quit. In other words, know what matters. Know what you need to hang on to and know what you need to let go of. Don't hang on to things. Hang on to God. Hang on to truth. Hang on to your family. Hang on to friends that are real friends. And to hang on to your dream. Hang on to your dream. I would sell what I have to get what God wants for me. I would trade what I have to get what I dream of. Would you? So you got to be courageous. And number nine is this. Some of you might have thought the Holy Ghost did that. But you know what? I did that. But I felt him when I did it. My last point is this. Learn to laugh in life. You know what? Look in the mirror. You got to laugh sometimes. You know, just look in the mirror and go, oh, my God. <laughs> what happened to that young fellow that used to stand there? You know, uh, things go wrong, you know. I tell you what, you know, a while back, uh, something happened, and I, I, it was just, you know, I couldn't believe what happened. And I felt the Lord tell me. He said, because before I would have said, what in the world, you know? But God, I felt God tell me, laugh. So I just started laughing. Isn't it nice to know there's a laugh waiting inside you? I look at you and want to laugh, Mars, because you always seem, you, look, you have a smile on your face. That's right. You look like you're wanting to have fun, play a joke or, or cut up. You're a kid, and that's great. I love you, Mars. You know, laugh. Don't be around sourpuss people. Yeah. They drain you. Yeah. You know, laugh. Laugh. It's not all that bad. Laugh. Laugh at life. Learn to laugh. Just have a hilarious time. The Bible says God loves a hilarious giver. Hilarious giver. You know, and, and what that seems like a contradiction in terms that when you're giving away, when something's leaving you that you worked for, you, you should be sad. There it goes. But he said, get happy. There's something about when things are work, don't seem, when it's opposite what you really want or think the way it should be, if you laugh, it does something. It changes you. It also helps you to realize someone else has the last word. There's someone watching over you that he's aware of everything and it's not all up to you. That he can do things we can't do. We need to do our part. If we'll roll the stone away, he'll raise the dead. 
So I want you to stand. And I want you to, we're going to do something right now. Here's what I want you to do. This is going to be hard for some of you. You may need to look at your neighbor, but we're going to laugh. Come on. troubles and laugh at them. Take what the devil said and laugh at it. Take your problems and laugh at them. Take everything that's wrong, laugh at it. Come on. (laughs) You know what? Here's what I would encourage you to do. When you get home sometime this week, take all your bills. Take all your bills, lay them in a stack and laugh at them. (laughs) Write down all your problems on a piece of paper and laugh at them. Maybe you need to get a picture of your boss. Walt, don't you dare. Get a picture of your boss and laugh, whatever it is. All right. Now, I told you I wanted to go somewhere, and this is my final thing here. And that is this. And I'm over my time, but we've had fun. Three things, if I could leave you with, would be this. When it really comes to winning at life, I could have started here, but I wanted to give you some of those points. Do this in life. Find someone to love that loves you. Find something to do that's not for money. In other words, your job, do it because you love it, not just for the money. Find something to do not just for the money. And number three, find something to believe in that is greater than all of your fears and doubts. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit ChristianLifeChurch.com.